What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 530 of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk Podcast's Hot Tags of the Week, where we're going to be breaking down some of the current events and rumors and news and gossip and hearsay and leaked bogus sheets and <laughs> some other kind of things that have went down in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about heading into Royal Rumble tomorrow night. We usually do this uh, a little bit later on in the day after SmackDown, but uh, because Royal Rumble is tomorrow, we figured we'd do this a little bit early, so we are, uh, we're we going to have this out before that ends up being the case. So, you know, hey, you get to check that out before we know what happens on SmackDown. It's a little bit different. I'm your host as always, Tony Mango. Joining me as always are Robert DeFelice. Hello, everyone. Happy Royal Rumble weekend. And Callum Wiggins. Yep, same to everyone else. So if people don't are looking forward to a Royal Rumble weekend, then happy weekend. Yeah, happy to you as well. <laughs> uh, we are going to do our normal stuff here, so we want you to do the normal stuff as well. Drop a comment. Uh, tell us your thoughts on all the topics that we're talking about here. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. If you're not, go ahead and subscribe. Pass it along. Share things. Follow things. We're all at Smart Cat Moment. We got our own Twitter accounts that we'll talk about later on and. Yeah, uh, you know the, the deal by now. If you don't know how to help us and how to support us and what to do with all these things, drop a comment. Let me know. I don't think I'm going to do the plugs today. So <laughs> um, let's roll along here into this topic, because why not? Brian Kendrick apparently requested his release from WWE, and he's still waiting on it. That was something that I didn't see necessarily coming. It seemed like he was kind of happy in this producer role and bro come on seems like a lot of people that were happy in their roles in nxt are if not getting released requesting their release well see i thought that this was trending in the opposite direction because he had done this little bit of an angle with harland and it was like oh maybe he's gonna step back in the ring and he's gonna be wrestling for them and Maybe it's not going to be as big of a deal as he would want to be elsewhere, but you know, maybe that's kind of like a an enticement. Like, hey, look, we know that you are not happy with the way that the producer stuff's going, but maybe if you step back in the ring as well, you can kind of do both, that kind of deal. In retrospect, it's like, okay, well, you know, if I'm Brian Kendrick and I know that I still have a little bit of time left in my career, maybe I do want to just go to the indies. And then if my time with WWE has been good enough, They'll probably hire me back. So I don't know why they aren't releasing him. Um, I think if they see any value in him, you know, they're not just going to like let people go, especially now that it's like, okay, they're starting to make it public that they want out. You know, let's try to do something to keep them here. Do you think it's more of a political thing is like uh, Mustafa Ali made it a big deal. So now we're not going to release anybody unless there's like a big problem or something because we want to send a message that you don't have the power we do. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe it's that ruthless, but it probably is. You know, I'm just a nice guy. (laughs) Yeah. They're a company that's petty enough to make that the reason. And I don't really know otherwise what the purpose of keeping Brian Kendrick around would be. If he wants to go, then I think if he'd have asked it for it like six months ago, he probably would have been 
just released and nobody would have thought too much about it. Yeah, I'm, uh, of course, assuming he's going to be leaving the company no matter what, because eventually, no matter who it is, if they went out of WWE, WWE eventually just goes, all right, you know, fucking whatever, just leave. So what's the purpose? If they don't like what he's doing, if he doesn't like what he's doing, and if they want to part ways with as many people as possible for the budget cuts, and if he wants to be a budget cut, then... You know what's stopping Adam, you? Adam, <laughs> yeah, Adam. It's, it is what it is, right? So on the opposite uh, side of things, we got a signing for AEW. Danhausen popped up on the uh, Lights Out match, middle of nowhere. Did not see that coming. <laughs> I was expecting, if anything, Johnny Gargano or you know somebody like you know interfering on behalf of Adam Cole, not somebody interfering and getting involved on behalf of Orange Cassidy. You guys thinking about Danhausen? I'm not a you know super familiar with him, but he's a name that I've been hearing for a while. I think it's kind of interesting. He's a very fun character. He's a very fun character, and I'll say it again: very fun character. I don't know if I have any interest in watching full length matches, but I am happy he's there because now he can be entertaining and get a larger paycheck. He's probably the person that I've now become the most familiar with in terms of just indie wrestling out there without ever having seen a single match that he's ever <laughs> you know had. he's got a point though because i don't know if i've ever like seen a dan Housen match but i've seen dan Housen bits right in the middle of matches. <laughs> yeah. i don't know if i've ever seen a full-length match come to think of it i'm like you know i don't think i've seen a full match start to finish yeah <laughs> i that which speaks volumes to his ability to get himself over yeah, he's, yeah. He's, a fu- he's a funny dude, and he does seem to, yeah, he, he seems to have the right connection, seems to know how to use social media to his advantage. I kind of see the best benefit for everyone involved is the fact that AEW will be able to utilize his character work. He'll be able to use his own social media presence and all that other stuff to sell probably a ton of merchandise can align himself to something like the best friends are having to need to wrestle all that often. I think they could even do the thing that they did with uh, Orange Cassidy for the first uh, basically six months to for his entire AEW run, which is basically he didn't wrestle for the first six months of his first his AEW run. He was just involved in the skits and cutaways and stuff like that. And then they had the match and everyone was super blown away. So they might do, try and do that with Dan Housen as well to just keep people waiting until they finally put him in the ring. I mean, if his strength is more on the character side, you don't need to have him wrestling the same as you would with people that are like, this guy is a good wrestler and that's his his hook, you know? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if um, wrestling isn't his strength because I've just never seen him wrestle. Right, yeah. So, so. it's just, uh, I, I know he's small, obviously, so that that's that's some aspect that you'd have Who to cares consider. at this point? I mean, they're like... They're oh, no, I don't, no, but I don't yeah. care. I still think he's a good character. Like, he's still a good character otherwise, but... Maybe that'd be the reason why he doesn't. He's not as actively in the ring as some other people. How small is he? You know, offhand. Uh, probably no. not. Not. Any okay, smaller I judge by the fact that he looks. He looks smaller than Adam Cole, and Adam Cole is small. So. Hmm. So, uh, pivoting to another company, ROH is going to have a Hall of Fame. That's great. 
I only came across one name so far, which was Samoa Joe. Have they announced anybody else? Because the whole thing they is supposed to be. Joe. Yeah, no, announced anyone. Joe wasn't even confirmed. It seemed like he was. No, that, no, no. It's just a load of speculation out there. People say yeah, oh, this yeah. guy has to go into the. Maybe I misread the the post. I was I think it was W Inc or something. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, that's. I would assume Samoa Joe would be one of those first top names because obviously he's not in WWE right now, so it wouldn't be a, an issue of like. How do we get, you know, CM Punk or uh, AJ Styles or these other people that have been there? Obviously, Tyler Black is not going to be popping up as a, you know, a Hall of Famer on ROH when WWE's got him. Oh, my God, this ambulance in the background. What are you doing? It is obnoxious when ambulances do this. Whoop, 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 whoop. It's like, oh, my God, put the ambulance siren on or don't, you know? Hopefully, oh, hopefully everybody is okay. Life, yeah. yeah, I don't want to put it out there as like that. That's a bigger issue, obviously. But Jesus Christ, knock it off, or at least do something fun. Have it be like or something. Anyway, do you want the three Stooges to be the uh, the siren? Anywho, um, I hate the three Stooges. By the way, ridiculous. <laughs> um, Joe could be one of the first inducted. I think Daniels makes sense. He was in the first main event. Or a ring of honor. I think the Briscoes should just go in by default. Um, well, I mean, he need to obviously remember the fact that there's only be four people that are announced in this first class. The first announcement will be on uh, Monday, the 31st of January, and then one every other subsequent Monday up until uh, their 20th anniversary. That's good. So, so yeah, Joe obviously does make sense to someone that definitely merits going into their first Hall of Fame, but then again, probably about a dozen people could lay claim to that as well, and if they're only going to end up forward, then some people are going to miss out. So, Kerry Silkin would be one. Yeah. Car- like- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so Kerry Silkin is obviously a big name in that in that front. You're looking at, obviously, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, Punk, if they want to go that route, and it would be just like a big name. Daniels is Daniel available. Sam. Yeah, yeah. available to do that. Um, you could look at someone like a uh, Jay Lethal because he's, I think he's their longest reigning champion. Mm. Um, and obviously he was there for a, a significant amount of time as well. So he's pretty much part, was part of the furniture at Ring of by the time they uh, went out, out of business or not out of business, but uh, stopped uh, have, being uh, actively. Uh, stop being in business. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop having an active business. They went on They went on Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they are coming back. So, um yeah, I'm trying to think of anyone else that like immediately. Uh, Nigel McGuinness, I, I think, should be. Yeah, Nigel McGuinness would make sense if they can get him. Uh, homicide. See, Nigel's somebody who I could assume WWE would be willing to let him make an appearance in exchange for something, just like even if it's goodwill, because Nigel's not going to be somebody who's, you know, well, we're sending Kevin Owens over there. And they're getting Kevin Owens for what? Nigel's a commentator on two shows, I think. What? NXT UK? And he still does uh, 205 Live, right? Yeah. You're so, the only one that watches. You better know the answer. I, I quote unquote watch. <laughs> you know, I have it in the background, usually muted. And then I go, oh, okay. So that one pinned that one. <laughs> That's pretty much it. 
but like, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see who goes into the RH Hall of Fame. RH is not a company that I've, you know, strictly followed over the years in any capacity. I've never watched, I think, a full ROH pay-per-view even. But it's still, you know, got a lot of rich history behind it. A lot of great names. So, Samoa Joe seems like he would be in that first class to my mind. And um, I guess we'll find out. Samoa Joe, I just think it's Scott Steiner and it's terrible. <laughs> I guess over the course of the next couple of weeks, we'll have uh, some updates on Hall of Fame announcements and the hot tags. So stay tuned for that. That's awesome. Let's talk about the WWE Hall of Fame and the idea that the current rumored plan, which made me literally say out loud, oh God, when I read this, (laughs) is supposedly... We're going to have typical Monday Night Raw. Usually, I would assume you would uh, record main event. Tuesday night, we're going to have a typical NXT. Wednesday, in WWE, isn't anything, really. Thursday, we've got NXT UK. And I was assuming Thursday night would be the Hall of Fame. Nope. Seems, uh, according to these details, Friday is going to be SmackDown from 8 to 10. And then simultaneously, 205 Live that, you know, nobody really watches on the uh, Peacock Network, which we'll talk about later on as well. And the Hall of Fame, which one report says would air on Fox. That's not happening. (laughs) They're not going to take out the local news stations at 10 o'clock. Fucking don't air Smackdown. It's like. If you want to do that, just don't air SmackDown. I would assume it airs on FS1. And then God knows how long that goes because the Hall of Fame could be anywhere from a a pointless hour of like, okay, well, we're just going to rush everything and why did we even bother to do it? Or it could be some three hour long, you know, Stan Hansen's going to cut a promo about how you need an opponent type of deal. And then on Saturday at noon, from noon to three, there's going to be NXT Stand and Deliver. And then, of course, night one of WrestleMania. Then on Sunday, night two of WrestleMania. Then we get into, you know, another week's worth of the Raw after WrestleMania and the NXT after Stand and Deliver and that kind of thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, the workhorse in me just goes, I don't want to not be working for essentially like three days straight. Like I don't really want to do that. I was hoping with the stand and deliver thing that they would make that, that episode of NXT that week, just like they're doing with vengeance day coming up and what they did with so, New year's evil and stuff until otherwise stated. I believe I feel opinion. That is what will happen. I really hope so. The episode of NXT, the hall of fame, eight, as big of a deal if it's on Friday night. But man, I'm really starting to miss the days of okay, Friday's Hall of Fame, Saturday's NXT Takeover, and Sunday's WrestleMania. It, it was just so much easier, you know? I still like the two day WrestleMania thing until they give me a reason to switch back to it should just be one super long event. But I don't like the Hall of Fame being like, okay, well, that'll happen after SmackDown. And I don't like the idea of like 
cramming in a random NXT pay-per-view right before night one of WrestleMania. It's exhausting. Not even just for the work side of things, but like if people like you and I weren't doing coverage for these things and all that, just as a fan, it's kind of overload. You really want to watch that many hours of WWE throughout the week where you know, for instance, that a lot of it's going to be recap stuff leading up to the pay-per-views. I don't mind that as much because if you're a fan, you can just choose not to watch, right? And then it becomes, okay, viewer discretion. When you're doing what we're doing and it becomes, who knows, somebody might, anything can be news. Then it just becomes overload because you don't have the option of saying, I'll DVR it. I'll watch it later. You know, it's boom, boom, boom. And that's not even counting, as I have to say every year. UCW is doing the collective. They're going to be in Dallas. You know, it's, it's just going to be a lot. And on the one hand, good for wrestling. On the other hand, hey, why don't we scale it back, please? So since you don't have to be doing that and you're lucky enough to to be able to make this decision of I'll watch what I want to watch, what about uh, this appeals to you, Callum? Are you like, would you watch the Hall of Fame as it airs or would it be like, you know, I'm not going to watch it at all or I'll just DVR it and watch it later? It Does the, the stand and For deliver? For this hypothetical situation, let's assume you like the majority of what's going on in the product. <laughs> Even if not, like... <laughs> even in the way I'm that you not, currently would, are where you would, don't uh, really like it like do you think that you would watch a stand and deliver before night one of wrestlemania or do you think that, that would just be like yeah i even if i like it I, that's too much wrestling in a day or something um it's okay it's like too much wrestling in a day i just i yeah i, I probably would still if i was into the nxt product i would watch stand and deliver i don't care anything about the hall of fame i haven't watched really any hall of fame ceremony for years and years at this point because realistically the fun of the hall of fame is just seeing who actually gets announced i don't really need to see them give their little um acceptance speech and stuff like that if it's if i hear okay someone gave a good speech they'll check that out post thing but i don't really care about the pomp and circumstance surrounding the hall of fame anyway um standard deliver yeah it's it's not a good idea to put it on before in my perspective to put it on like in the hours before WrestleMania, because it is quite exhausting, and it's yeah, even for just a fan watching, I don't think it's going to be particularly ideal to watch two, three hours of wrestling, then take a, have a long break it is in between, and then go back straight into WrestleMania. It's um, yeah, WrestleMania on its own is enough of an ordeal of a weekend for just someone who's watching that. Adding standard deliver is not going to make me any more enthralled about it. So, and and also just just from the perspective of the fact that I don't really care about NXT in the current iteration, is the likelihood is that if I feel okay, this feels like it's going to be too much, I'm not going to watch standard deliver. And the likelihood is that if I'm not going to watch standard deliver over the WrestleMania weekend, I probably won't watch standard deliver at all. <laughs> I mean, but it, it's. Very valid, you know. Sometimes you just don't get to these things. I honestly, there's still some NXT stuff from the Wednesday Night War that I haven't seen. You know, like I don't, I haven't seen the ladder match where Priest wins the belt. 
the North American belt because I just never dynamite was on that night and I had to cover it. Because sometimes if you're just too backed up, you never get around to it. Would you guys theoretically out of these two options? Because uh, these three options, I guess technically, the idea of the stand and deliver before WrestleMania on Saturday, or I guess you know it's the same as if it would be on Sunday. The Tuesday night before Mania or the Tuesday night after Mania? What do you think that you, if you had the ability to book it, what would you pick? Before? Yeah, I'd say Tuesday before probably makes most sense. Depending on how like the like the the arena setups and stuff would be, I, I think that maybe after could make sense too. Because you could try to sell a package deal for people and say, like, hey, look, on this weekend, try to get off work for Monday. Uh, you got Friday night SmackDown, you got the Hall of Fame, you've got WrestleMania night one, WrestleMania night two, you got another episode of Monday Night Raw, and then you've got Tuesday is uh, NXT, so you got six shows from Friday to Tuesday. That would make sense to me. I guess they could always um, advertise the show as a first ever wrestling ghost town. Because <laughs> I don't, as I should stand liver, because I imagine that will be taking up the majority of the seats in the audience, considering how uh, how much uh, NXT is now. Yeah, the buzz behind it. Yeah, the, the buzz behind it might as well be. I, I just can't imagine them trying to fill up a stadium that's more than a couple of thousand people. I especially can't picture that this would go over well right before WrestleMania because it's like, all right, the people that are going to be going to WrestleMania, do you want to wake up earlier and not do something like WrestleMania access or just, you know, fucking relax a little bit? Yeah. We'll go to one of the GCW shows. Yeah. Anything like that. Do you really want to go from NXT from 12 to three? And then I'm assuming of course, it's not going to be right in the same vicinity pack up your shit and go over to the stadium for WrestleMania and feel like you're like, Oh, I should have been waiting in line two hours earlier. Like that's yeah. not it's, how that it's works. Very different. It's very different to the older NXT where again, it would still be about a very small percentage, but I imagine there were some people that in the past WrestleMania weekends would go and just see the NXT show and not even go to WrestleMania. Because the tickets would be a lot cheaper and everything too, yeah. Well, yeah, and they and they liked NXT more than uh, yeah. Uh, and it was you yeah, knew but, that you were going to get a yeah. great show for sure, no matter what, you know. Whereas nowadays, that's not NXT doesn't have that kind of buzz at all, and so the only people that would go to NXT are likely people that would also go to WrestleMania. So, like you say, if it's some sort of really inconvenient thing, where basically they have to build their entire day around going to the NXT show and then finding their travel to. Uh, WrestleMania and the awkwardness surrounding that. So, the, so well, after take uh, stand deliver ends, they've probably got a couple of hours to make their way to wherever the show is. So they'll have to get food while they're there, and that could be annoying because I assume it will cost like a million dollars for a hot dog. <laughs> oh, it does some of these kind of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, it, it does seem to be a very inconvenient thing for all the fans that were intending to go to see the NXT Takeover show. But hey, you might be able to get Dante Chen against uh, I don't know, uh, Ru Feng. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm hoping that they have a different report going out eventually. I hope that they announce that Stand and Deliver is just on Tuesday night. It'd be a lot easier to deal with for 
at least my work side of things. Sorry for anybody who's like, no, I'd rather be elsewhere. No, uh, I'm going to value my my time instead. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's bounce to this will be an interesting topic. So The Rock is going to do another video game film adaptation. And he didn't say what. He just said that he's you know proud to be able to make a movie that's adapting a video game that he's been playing for years. I am 100% going with Call of Duty. What do you guys think it is? So in that following, following that in the article from Men's Journal, he talks about Madden, right? And I can't imagine making like a standalone <laughs> Madden game, like some kind of like taking one of the career modes. But as you said that, I thought, Rock can make a fucking Grand Theft Auto movie. I can't picture Rock being the lead in a Grand Theft Auto movie rather than Call of Duty. Because Call of Duty, you know, he, the military guy, he's got the whole, like, you know, he's the big, tough military dude. Been and, in G.I. Joe. We don't need... <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm aware, Call of Duty doesn't have, like, characters, right? Aren't you just kind of, like, yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. It, it depends on what series it you are. It depends on the game, yeah. Like, uh, the... Call of Duty 4 kind of and because there's Call of Duty 4 and then there's Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Warfare. yeah Modern Warfare off that yeah as well and that follows I mean he plays multiple different characters but it does have one overarching story within it Hmm. but there are a couple of ones which have an overarching story but then again you don't really make a cut with something completely independent of those if they wanted to and just fit it within the quote unquote Call of Duty universe. I mean, Call, Ju- Call of Duty is definitely an option. I would say that other things that might stand out, they could do uh, God of War. That was another one I had seen pitched, which is like, you know, I could, you make a good I could see him being Kratos. You yeah. could do Kratos, yeah. I kind of hope that's not the case because I, I want him to put everything into Shazam, and if he's doing two things that are kind of like, I'm a god fighting other things, then I'm like, mm, you kind of Maybe somebody else could have played that role, you know? Callum, what'd you say about the Scorpion King? It's way better than Scorpion King. Oh, it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's Mass Effect. That's always been, like, uh, is one of the most overarching, like, story-driven video game series of all time. And it and it lends itself to several sequels as well, if they decide to do that. There's the, uh, there's Gears of War as well. He could do yeah. that. Or he, oh, who, he knows? Could... who knows? It could be an animated movie where he's Kirby. Who knows? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I want this. <laughs> Especially because Kirby's lines and all these are just kind of like, hi! <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? I'm going to share some tomatoes with my friends. I want fucking Rock as Kirby. That would go so good. Or like, uh, it's building up this whole thing where... Right? Yeah, just to do. Give it a second shot. I'd love for like this build up of like, I, I just assumed Call of Duty because it's such a big name and everything and I assume that Grand Theft Auto would be more so, you know, if you're going to have a, was it Michael from the last game? Like if that's going to be a character in there, it's fucking Ray Liotta, you know, like that's clearly that guy. But um, if this all boils down to being like bubble bobble, (laughs) and Rock's just like, like, I fucking love uh, Tetris and I'm going to play the the L block (laughs) Tetris. Also, we don't know how, 
if if Rock's quote unquote starring in this movie, I mean, it's, it's or if he's story, just but like, like the old or he's like, it's a cameo thing. Yeah, it's a cameo thing or something on those lines. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that really stands out from the video game world. Uh, it could be could be a new take on like Resident Evil style game. Or um, there must be. That's I mean, there are people tons wanted of, him to uh, voice video game ones. If if it's a Call of Duty, it could just be built around Call of Duty zombies. Yeah, but I don't need to see The Rock beating up zombies. I'm thinking The Rock's going into this. I'm fully assuming it's Call of Duty, by the way, still. Like, you know, just picturing a production meeting where The Rock is like, I think that we've got a story that we can tell with Call of Duty. You've got the, you know, the military background of a character where you can follow that journey. And then it's essentially like a straightforward kind of deal. It's generic action film. You know that guys are going to go see it. You know that the video game people are going to be interested because it's a video game adaptation. And it's simple as opposed to being like, you know, how do you interpret some of these more complicated games? We've seen some really bad video game adaptations over the past. And even the games that like seem like they could be a good story sometimes don't pan out like that. So Call of Duty, if it's mostly from at least my perspective, okay, well, let's throw a military guy into some kind of scenario and then we're going to have you try to like win whatever war it is. You can kind of put it into any scenario. Yeah, but I just don't know what makes that Call of Duty then. Like, has there ever been a Tekken film? In that case, it's just a military movie. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. I I could see them being like, let's make a generic military movie, but we can call it Call of Duty and it'll make bank. But they don't, you're thinking with like a 2001 mindset. Like, if you're going to make a gaming movie now, it's not typically that, you know, just bland. Oh, let's yeah, just... these things like the um, like The Witcher or something like that. Like considering how how big of a series that has been, I mean that's partly based, obviously, video game books like aspect. But there are some better examples than there have been in the past. Obviously, there have been some terrible examples, but I think the Sonic they, movie they, is a they can make more complicated. Example. Yeah, they can make more complex movies and turn it into something which is very inherently like built around the video game, but. You know, but set in a movie style things like you could look at something like a uh, Metal Gear Solid hmm. or Tekken. Yeah, Tekken would be pretty good. I think um, you have fun with that too. The Uncharted series, like Drake, um, Drake and Ch- well, Uncharted. Tom Holland's uh, doing one of those. Oh yes, yeah. out now or coming out now. Yeah, yeah. So I think that it will be something that's more that leans itself more heavily towards. Like has a story behind it, has an inbuilt story behind it, and there'll be an interpretation of that story as opposed to Call of Duty, which is just like I think it's just too generic to really say, "Oh, this is a Call of Duty movie." It's like, well, what is the Call of Duty movie? They'd have to like literally rip the script of zombies or or Modern Warfare. They'd have to. I mean, it'd be so to the T that it's a Call of Duty movie. It could be a Far Cry one. Hmm. Far Cry's been had like a five or six different series, and it's saying that if people were to see elements of it, would make it feel quite more definitively Far Cry than a Call of Duty movie, which is just like guys and guns. Like, what would you do? We call? Would you have some sort of like, oh, I've killed a 
five people a row at this point, that means I can call in an airstrike. I, I don't, and yeah, I'm just thinking of just ways that they can make it seem like it gives this, it's, it gives the Call of Duty story or gives the story of Call of Duty while still trying to pertain to elements of the actual video game play. Right, I'm like, just I, assuming that they're going to be approaching it from that angle that they've done with other things in the past where they say, like, it's an original story, it's not based off of any of the games, but we're going to keep it within the spirit of the series. In that case, I'd rather him do a fucking Madden movie. <laughs> just he plays <laughs> John Madden. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like... I mean, I mean, Tony, I know you haven't played, you wouldn't play games like that, but you don't actually play as John Madden in the Madden game. No, but that'd be the funniest scenario. Oh, it's yeah. a, it's Madden video game adaptation as a film, and it's just The Rock is Madden doing calls for football. <laughs> like, it's just watching a football game, and he's just sitting there going, oh, it's going to be a penalty and stuff. <laughs> he's, he's the game they're based on is MLB The Show. Or, uh, or uh, like the college uh, college football games. You know what I'm surprised that there hasn't been yet. Like, out of all these different you know games that have been uh, ad- like adaptations that they've tried and to just slap a name on it and everything, they've done like Space Jam and whatever. Like, what about NBA Jam? How come they didn't do a game based off of, uh, a game based off of that, a movie based off of that, or try to cash in on that? Play for NBA, yeah, to M- play for NBA players. That'd probably be pretty damn expensive. Yeah, they figured it out with other things. I just figured that that would be something that they... Maybe they pitched it and it just didn't go through or something. And we, I don't know. A lot of movies die on the pitch side. but well, I, I think this, they, it's it's a different medium. It's just a case like I don't think people would be as interested to watch a version of NBA Jam as opposed to play yeah. NBA Jam. Oh, some things definitely don't translate. But yeah. The reason that this is on Smartcom Moment is because it's The Rock. So <laughs> for anybody who's like, oh my God, why are you going to talk about video games here? It's The Rock. So, you know. I can't imagine anybody would really have an issue with it. <laughs> but if you do, do that. And uh, if you want more about this, maybe we'll cover more over on uh, fanboysanonymous.com. And if you want to make sure that we do more talk about video games and video game film adaptations and movies in general, then, you know, hit up the uh, Patreon, pick your poison tier. We've done like Mortal Kombat fan outs table hand track kind of things so if you want us to watch some other kind of video game film adaptations i've been wanting desperately to do the super mario brothers one i'm just saying yeah it's an option if you want to do it anyway uh let's move to another thing here let's talk about we talked about the hall of fame let's talk about the rumor that came out today in the observer oh this might be a hot tag i wasn't even aware of that they offered jeff hardy a spot in the 2022 Hall of Fame, and he said no. So they were. So I didn't see the story yet. They were offering Jeff, just Jeff. Yeah, because according to uh, that was a report from Meltzer, and Sean followed it up in a tweet saying that while he couldn't confirm the Hall of Fame stuff, WWE had said they want him back, and Jeff said. Show me my drug test results. Ooh. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, if I were Jeff, I'd probably do the same. I'd probably be like, no, I'm not going into the Hall of Fame as like, that's the, 
you're gonna sweeten the deal get me back just to do that and i'm going in by myself or whatever. no i want to go in as the, the hardy boys i'll go in brother. as the hardy boys and uh, in the meantime i'll go have fun doing whatever i want to do good for jeff if that's the case and hopefully yeah. obviously the, the drug testing you know we've talked about it before we don't know what the hell's going on with that so it's not like there's a, a huge immediacy issue. It's like he's going to be in the in the Hall of Fame at some point. Mm-hmm. Like the Hardy Boys will go in at some point into the Hall of Fame. Well, what did you think when you heard this, Callum? Doesn't that sound like, hey, we fucked up. Uh, can we have you back? And maybe we'll, I don't know, put you in the Hall of Fame. Hey, sorry. What well, just screws to me is the case of um, they don't want him to go to AEW. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like, if they if they were justified in whatever they felt, they wouldn't care, right? Yeah, they would. They, I think that they don't want this guy in particular to go to AEW because say what you will about Jeff, and I've said a lot of um, positive and negative things about Jeff Hardy in the past, he has an unbelievable following of people that just won't give up on him. Whatever they, Whatever we learn about him, and I, I and in this situation, it's still a case of the whatever happened in regards to whether he was drunk in that situation or not. It's as more and more seems to come out, it seems to suggest that he wasn't. And I don't want to say it was like some sort of elaborate ruse to get himself out of the company, but there was some that there seems to be more um, things at work than just he failed a drugs test or. He or they actually presumed he was drunk and decided to act really quickly on there. I think it's a case of they know this guy is going to go to AEW. He's going to reform the Hardy Boys, and that's going to attract a whole new generation of, well, not a whole new generation, but it's going to inspire more Laps fans to move over onto that side of things, as well as honestly quite modern fans because Jeff was still one of the top baby faces in WWE at the time that he left. He was supposed so, to basically be. Fighting for the championship either at yeah. day one or Royal Rumble. So that's a guy in particular, probably in the same boat as I like a, a Brian Danielson that like they're desperate to keep hold of. And when he goes to AEW, which he inevitably will do, then that's WWE feeling that that's another big hit to them. That's one. That's something that will probably strengthen their resolve more about keeping more of their people and preventing other people from like getting early releases from their contracts because they're just looking at that and going oh, we can't, we can't lose another one like that. We need we need more Ws. They've only, they're only Ws at the moment are the fact that both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn re-signed. I bingo, and I want to spin that off because Sami Zayn actually said that he had wanted to work Jeff Hardy, and he was... I'll just read the quote here. He had done a uh, Pat LaPrade's podcast... And he said, I had spoken with creative about a storyline with Jeff Hardy. Jeff was one of my heroes as a teenager. He was one of my biggest inspirations. My idea was to have a ladder match with him at WrestleMania. I had a big storyline planned. But two weeks after talking to creative, he was fired. (laughs) I I really wish we could learn what these stories are. Like, I want to hear what his big pitch was, you know? If it's oh, not happening, probably, like what's, I mean, uh, with the amount of podcasts that exist today, we will one day. Yeah, I also, I also want to know more about um, the reasons behind them resigning. At the end of the day, obviously, it's a case of 
they can do whatever they want, both Owens and Zayn on that front. And I assume they're not exactly being uh, lowly recompensed for, uh, I'm sure they're being well financed to st- stick around. But I kind of want to think about what was promised to them and what is actually happening now. I think. Whether, or whether there was anything promised or whether it was just a case of, here's a shit ton of money, please resign. And they just went, okay, so I don't really feel like uh, changing yeah. at this point. And I kind of, like, in my mind, I'm thinking it's that because, like, Sammy does the Sammy for serious stuff. WWE provides a great platform for that. And if they can pay him more money so that he can help more people, he's probably thinking that way. Kevin's probably like, look, I got a family. Let's just go with what we know. And, I'll take that Royal Rumble win. You know, I'm not exactly <laughs> unhappy in WWE, and maybe there's a Royal Rumble win in there. Who knows? Hmm. Well, I guess that's another story to track to see uh, what's happening with Jeff Hardy with that. That's interesting that the the pitch would just be like, you can go into the Hall of Fame because we think that your career is pretty much done. Like, that's insulting more than anything. I mean, obviously there's like a level of respect that goes into we want to induct you into a hall of fame but when you're jeff hardy you know you're going in so yeah but then and they always to pitch that, that like too. uh you know you can go to the hall of fame now because we're just wrapping you up is kind of like yo you know you know and it's not like he's kane where kane has entered a whole new field you know he's he's still got some a ways to go in wrestling, I think, for Jeff Hardy, and hopefully we see him soon. So let's talk about some streaming stuff. Disney Hot Star is going to be airing the WWE Network in Indonesia. That is, as Rob put it, the first step towards this <laughs> idea that he thinks that Disney's going to buy WWE. Uh, to be clear, no, Rob doesn't think Disney's going to buy WWE. Rob wants <laughs> okay. if any company's going to do it for it to be Disney because <laughs> Disney's great. I'd rather Disney than it get folded into NBC Universal. That's my mentality. NBC Universal, that's the other side of this. Uh, Peacock, apparently a major financial loss is the wording that it's been used for Comcast in 2021. And here are some of the numbers that uh, a couple articles had said. They have currently, or at least this report had said, 24.5 million accounts on Peacock. And they lost over the course of 2021 $1.7 billion that they made $778 million in revenue. So when did Peacock start? Uh, 2020, I think, because the 2020 numbers before the WWE deal, at the very least, were put on this. Uh, before WWE came into the mix, 2020 was an adjusted loss of 663 million. They made 118 million in revenue. So, the difference being, they made 660 million dollars more in revenue, and lost about 700 million more. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) Like, but these ventures, they always start at a loss, don't they? Yeah, but you would think that it's not going to like, 
I'm not saying they're going to do Disney numbers, but maybe they'll get better over time. This is another thing I find interesting about it. So in 2021, the loss was, again, $1.7 billion. 559 million of it was quarter four alone. Ooh. That is really telling. That means that people signed up for Peacock more in WWE's side of things when Peacock had this transition at the beginning of the year. And then over the course of the past couple of months, people dropped off and dropped off. And then when it got to the end of the year, people went, nope. And massive decline. Yeah, just I don't know. Again, this comes from someone who's in a very uneducated position because obviously I don't have access to Peacock and that's it's a it's a fundamentally US streaming service. But pretty well wrong. But is there anything that Peacock actually offers no. that you can't get anywhere else? Technically speaking, it's if you want to watch like The Office or Friends or some of those. Because some people do just subscribe to that stuff because they just binge that all the time. Friends is on HBO yeah. Max. But... Oh, they're still there? Yeah. I thought that they were on Peacock. Dad, they don't even have that. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so it's hard to, like again, quantify for me because all, uh, all The Office, all US Office and all Friends are available on Netflix in the UK. So that's like... You jerk. <laughs> yeah, so so I so I can't. Uh, and also, like, just from someone who has lived in the UK forever, like, if you just want to watch an episode of Friends, there will be an episode of Friends on TV at some point oh. and some channel somewhere. So <laughs> yeah, oh, it works that way here too. I put it on TBS, and I guarantee you, they're either showing some Seth MacFarlane cartoon or Friends <laughs> yeah. or Big Bang Theory, yeah, or something. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's. So I don't really see what the appeal is. I, I don't know why they would imagined. I assume WWE was meant to be some kind of the appeal element. If they were doing that, they clearly weren't looking at the actual numbers that the WWE Network was getting prior to uh, getting, uh, purchasing it in the first place. It does seem like this is a um, well, a, a failed venture, Peacock. I think NBC have over, either overreached or thought that, oh, all the other people are doing like big streaming services, we should get on that as well, and their offering is just nowhere near as enticing as other ones. So, there are so many platforms, but if we break it down to just the original three, ABC, CBS, and NBC, if you look at those and the streaming platforms that they've spawned, Paramount Plus at least has all of South Park, like the entire Nickelodeon catalog and some originals here and there. Peacock has Paramount Plus even has like, you could go in and watch like legends of the hidden temple and stuff. I, I believe so. So that's a massive thing right there. I would have thought Nickelodeon could make its own little offshoot niche streaming platform. Well, they're also owned by Viacom CBS. I guess they just merged, you know, but, and then there's ABC, which, has its properties split across Hulu, Hulu. and Disney and uh, but it, but again we're right back to Disney and Disney has all the packages where you can get the ESPN the Hulu and then Disney Plus is just a great offering like if you're gonna have to start being choosy you know I wouldn't own Peacock if it didn't have the network I would like Same there's here. no reason 
There's no reason. I've watched, I think, only AP Bio on there. I haven't watched a single other thing outside of the network. Also, for anybody who's curious, I found these numbers too uh, for Comcast, just because we talk about it here and there about the streaming wars and how it's all funneling towards the same exact thing. So we don't need to repeat ourselves a million times, but uh, their broadband subscriber net plus was uh, 212,000 in quarter four down from 538 and uh, their net loss went up again for paid TV subscribers. So it was 248,000 and it was 373,000 this time around, meaning we're once more heading in another direction of people don't want to pay for cable. People need the internet and there's too many streaming services out there for them to survive. So they're all just going to struggle and lose lots of money until the few of them that actually want to stick around, snatch up all the other companies, they merge things together, they offer you package deals, and then that becomes the new cable. It's happening. Peacock, at least, probably looking at WWE now and going, fuck. Because <laughs> that's not good to go from those numbers in 2020 to the numbers in 2021. It's not like, okay, they lost less than last year and made more no they made more in revenue but they lost a lot more than they made for that uh that up you know you make 600 million more and you lose like 700 million what's the likelihood that in 2022 you're going to make back not only that 600 million or that 700 million to even yourself, but to make on top of that a profit and you got to work backwards to how do you got to start making the money back from 2021 and 2020? It's not working oh. out all that well. I'm, I'm thinking that this Disney hot star thing is WWE's attempt to be like, look, we're just going to go anywhere that people are willing to purchase our stuff. But also that way, maybe if it works well enough, we could be like, oh, you know, when the Peacock deal's over with Disney, what are you interested in buying the whole thing? And then Disney will probably have the numbers by then to know whether or not it's worth it, and then we'll see. But it wouldn't shock me if when this Peacock deal's over with, if Peacock doesn't want to keep the WWE deal. I'm trying to like look at what they've got. I There's something called Wolf Like Me. There's something called American Rockstars. It looks like a about uh, Olympic players. There's True Story with Ed and Randall. No idea. Like they just they don't have anything that's really enticing. I mean, okay, you've got Law and Order, and if you <laughs> aren't like just good on your Law and Order, I don't know what to say. You got Real Housewives. You need to binge that again. Don't know what to say. <laughs> it, it sucks because you don't want to see anyone really go through struggles, but something was going to give. And we knew from the beginning because we all said, why Peacock? And, you know, look at what look what's happening. 
So we got two more hot tags written down, at least from my uh, perspective, unless there's another thing that surprisingly uh, gets added in there. There's a there's a thing going around. Look, I don't buy into it, so I'll put it out there. It seems like it's probably not true, but there was at least some kind of a Royal Rumble sheet of like, this is the breakdown of how the Royal Rumble is going to go. And since it's a thing that maybe, maybe, I don't know. Some of this seems kind of realistic. It's worth talking about because the Royal Rumble hasn't happened yet. So if you don't want to know what this says, just in case it is a spoiler, skip forward a few minutes. But um, the way that this is breaking down would have, again, spoiler, skip if you don't. It would be Kevin Owens starting at number one, Sami Zayn following him up. Eventually, the, the big talking points are Tommaso Ciampa would be in there at number four. Johnny Knoxville would be in there at round number seven. So you would assume that the Sami Zayn and Knoxville thing would be over around by the time at least number 10 comes out. That we would cut through, go through with Pete Dunne at number 12. Eventually, Omos would show up at number 17. And Omos would eliminate, it's looking like uh, Mansoor Santino. Pete Dunn, and then get t- tossed out by Riddle and Orton. So it's just the two people team up, and that's how they get him in, uh, out of there. That Alberto Del Rio <laughs> would show up at number 18. Uh, Austin Theory is number 20. Randy Orton comes in, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, go through the other here. One, the other one being Moose at 28. Uh, AJ Styles would be popping up at number 25. Moose would be 28. Apollo Cruz would be 29 because there's the connection between Apollo and Moose. And then Drew Gulak would be the number 30 entrant, but Roman Reigns would basically replace him. By the end of this whole thing, you would get a couple of eliminations here and there, mostly three a piece with four being for Sheamus that he would get the most eliminations, which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, Kevin Owens would last 50 minutes and he would be the Iron Man just pretty much beating out Big E at 46 minutes. So you would assume that Big E would be around that final four kind of range. Um, Riddle would be there for 44 minutes. He would be there for a good chunk of the time. So he might be in the final four or so. And I guess Matt Riddle would take out Roman Reigns and the winner would be AJ Styles. Again, I don't buy into this. I don't think this is what's happening, but I'll credit the people that made this up outside of a couple things. This makes sense. There, there's some, the person whomever made this has a good understanding of the way these things work. Mm-hmm. And just threw in some ridiculousness. Like Del Rio's not going to fucking do anything. You know, he's um, not going to be in this. If he's in this match, I am utterly shocked although we will talk about some names that have been uh rumored for the women's royal rumble <laughs> um, i could see aj winning like i could see aj winning being like the okay we're gonna throw you the bone like with, with shinsuke when he won in 18 and they knew they were gonna do roman and lesnar and then the they do belt. uh aj versus styles and kevin owens is free to do the match with edge yeah they do aj versus uh rollins and then owens would be free to do whatever did I say AJ versus Styles? Yes, you did. And I just <laughs> lost right over it. Um, <laughs> you know what I meant. I could see Kevin and Sammy starting out, because why not? Right? 
Like, I think that would make a lot of sense. And it shows and can... that on this thing that uh, they will be working together to eliminate Angelo Dawkins. So it would be like, okay, well, they start fighting each other and then it's like, oh, let's team up because we're both heels. I kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Like they, this guy or, you know, whoever wrote this up, they went through their tropes. They did their homework. They've got realistic times for a lot of people too. Like, you know, it's only uh, seven minutes for this person. It's only uh, 16 for the other one. But then there was a two minute thing for happy Corbin. Like, you know, pretty yeah, damn good but, job. But with that being said, it's obviously bullshit. Nobody, they don't map out the times for people in the Royal Rumble that far in advance. But then there's other stuff like Bad Bunny's been rumored for the Royal Rumble. I can totally see that happening. He's been rumored. Uh, Shane McMahon. I hope not. I'm, I'm, I'm good on Shane. Uh, Oksana is in St. Louis. <laughs> Why? You know, like, I Oksana was fine. But she wasn't even a wrestler when they were barely wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, was she fine? <laughs> I mean, she just, she was there. She had a little angle with Teddy Long. It was fine. But you don't need her for the Royal Rumble, do you? WWE legend, Oxon. Now, like, Melina, cool. Like, Melina, Cameron, absolutely. Hell yeah. Oxana? Does that make you more interested, Callum? Fucking Oxana might be back. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, none of these ones make me particularly excited. Like... Even Melina or definitely not Cameron. What Melina, Cameron hold did? on. Melina and Alicia Fox need to be in the ring <laughs> at the same time as Cameron and just do it. Like it would get us it would get such a pop. You know what I mean? And if that's all these things are anymore, it's pop factories. Just do it. Like <laughs> That's how you started off. Number one and number two and then number three. And it's like the number three is Cameron and she just sits off and she's just kind of like, hey, this is so good. The number four could be Shayna and just toss them all out. <laughs> well, yeah, any... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be enthralled by it. Let's put it that way. Are there any last uh, predictions and updates that you guys want to toss out for the Royal Rumble since it is tomorrow and SmackDown hasn't happened yet? So we don't know if they're going to announce like, you know, Cesaro fills in a spot and that kind of thing. But any other like uh, oddballs thing since we recorded before? I don't think so. I I just think it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. A lot of people seem to think um, that there's no chance in the world anybody but Bianca Bliss or Rousey, and I don't I don't see Bliss even entering this match. Yeah, there's nothing that I've that I've seen put out there that's made me any more um that's changed any of my thoughts from our recording on Wednesday. I think it's uh yeah, I still think that the heavy favourites of the women's match are still Ronda if she's available and she's actually in the match or Bianca. They seem to be like like in my mind they feel like the only two. And then I still think it's one of which whichever one of Brock and Roman doesn't win their title match. 
is going to win. So nothing that I've seen has changed my opinion on those. Because any of the people that are here is like quote unquote surprises or have been in St. Louis aren't people that are going to win. They're just people that are there for a nostalgia pop. So, so yeah, no, no, no other changes. Well, despite the fact that we can't talk about SmackDown, let's run through any TV things that are worth talking about. We already talked about Monday Night Raw. Essentially, we pretty much talked about NXT leading up to that. We didn't mention that Raquel did a mean though. <laughs> Inside joke. Uh, NXT UK. We had the empty arena match. Ilya defended it against uh, Jordan Devlin. Um, we got a setup of that there's going to be a Japanese street fight for the NXT UK Women's Championship next week. I don't know what a Japanese street fight is. I'm assuming it's exactly the same as a street fight. That puts uh, B Priestley and Mako Satomura in the same ring. I'm assuming she wins the title there. Yeah, I would doubt that. So. Which means that they would have this track record of uh, let's do the match, they fail, and then they get a rematch, and then they win. That would just be... Is that the Shawn Michaels method? It seems like it might be. Because it would have happened with, uh, I think, Mustache Mountain? all three. For the... It happened with Mako. Mako beating Kaylee Ray. I think Mustache Mountain had a match against Pretty Deadly, and then they won the second one. It happened with Dragonov. It happened with Dragonov. And uh, Tyler Bate was in the uh, Heritage Cup tournament. did go for the cup a couple times, and then Mm -hmm. finally got it around. So that might be the, uh, the HBK special. On the WWE side of things, that's all pretty much. Speaking we of, have. though, it happened. Uh, it happened with uh, Breaker as well. Speaking oh, that's HBK right. Special. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah Breaker lost against uh, Ciampa, won the second time around. So I guess if you are getting your championship, that doesn't matter. If you're getting your second championship title shot, that's when you really gotta, you know, put some emphasis on there. But speaking of championships and switching over to AEW, I think the real main thing to talk about on the TV side of things this week was. We have the Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes ladder match for the uh, undisputed TNT championship because they had the interim championship in the meantime. Great match with uh, what I'm assuming is probably going to be my top high spot of the year for that, which was Sammy Guevara's jump from one ladder to the other in the cutter. That was fucking great. It's so early in the year, but like that is such a good fucking spot. And they did it. You'd think they did this a million times. You'd think they were a video game. They nailed it. And by the way, what a great, great ladder match. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that that's a great moment. It was a great match. I don't know if uh, I'm gonna go if we, at the moment go with that uh, top that uh, top of the ladder cutter or the fucking uh, swanton bomb, which nearly uh, ruptured Sammy in half, pretty much. The ladder not breaking. I don't know if I can count that as like a spot or a botch, really, because it would be a botch if Sammy couldn't get up afterwards. But uh, just seeing his body just completely like bend one way and then the other while landing on the ladder was pretty um, pretty remarkable to watch as well. And Cody deserves some credit too. I mean, that crossroads again. You'd think he did it a million times. Like, I can't be easy to do, and he did he it. He has done the crossroads mind. a million times. I mean, not off the ladder. <laughs> Like that's that's so good. Any other things from AEW you guys want to talk about? Um, uh, they're setting up for a uh, Texas Death match between uh, Page and Archer. So 
it makes sense in a way. I don't think they've obviously haven't put as a huge amount of steam behind this match yet. But then again, it is just a, a filler feud page. But choosing to take this death match is the smart way of doing it because Archer won the uh, New Japan yeah, title, New Japan US, yeah, US title in a Texas death match against Moxley. So using that as his match specialist, like his his uh, specialist match, helps add a little bit of uh, jeopardy into it. Um, I want to talk about the um, the Brit Breaker segment, if I may, just a little bit. Um, I don't know what they're doing with this stuff. It's it's bizarre because we've we've talked a little bit, especially on the AEW Awards, about how they have been progressing with their women's division, and I definitely still think that's the case. But the fact they have just apps, they clearly have nothing mm-hmm. in mind for the women's championship match either at Revolution or just in general, is utterly baffling to me. That they just they decided to, in my perspective, waste five to ten minutes of their television time with Britt Baker just talking at the Cleveland audience without anybody coming in or anybody being mentioned or anything in that regard. It does make you feel like, well, what exactly is your plan for Revolution? Is because at the moment, my if I was watching the TV and my I was just seeing all this stuff happening, my expectation for Revolution is that Britt Baker's not on the card. Mm-hmm. Or if she is on the card, it's not in a match. It's in a promo segment. Who's the uh, so, number one rank right now? Do you know, Afian? Uh, I'd have to Rayla. check the Rayla? It wouldn't. No. Yeah, it would make, it would make sense. Uh, well, if we look at the... Uh, let's see, AEW rankings as of uh, 26th of January, so it is currently uh, well at, at, on the 26th so this is prior to, I presume uh, the actual AEW show it was Red Velvet who was number one okay, so but she's now that's Layla be... Hirsch, so Layla's, Layla's the, is 4-0 and, oh, and then you've got Serena's 2-0, Thunder Rose is 1-0, Anna Jay's 2-1, but you just look at those ones and Layla's a heel right now, so it seems odd that she would go after Britt Baker. Um, Serena's heel as well, so again, that's a bit of an odd dynamic. You wouldn't go with Red Velvet after she just lost to Layla Hirsch. You wouldn't go with Anna Jay after she lost her TBS title opportunity. If you're doing the Thunder Rosa thing, then you really should have started a while ago. Mm-hmm. We haven't even got to the uh, Thunder Rosa and uh, Mercedes Martinez match. I really think that they should be. They should have at least used this, and maybe even a couple of weeks prior, they should have been putting in motion the Jamie Hayter match. That seemed like the most logical way of doing it. Like they, they like at the start of the year, they've been teasing tension between Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker, and this could They'll be a chance to. Battle so The hard thing with AEW is that they announce matches with like high stakes out of the fucking blue sometimes. Right. So they'll, yeah. they'll announce some battle royal or something. I, I know they'll find some way of doing it. It's just like, it, it's why I've been a, a probably more underwhelmed with the entire Britt Baker title reign than some other people are. It's just a case of she, she's, she's held the title because she's the biggest star they have on the women's division. But because of that gap between her and pretty much anyone else not called Thunder Rosa and not Jade Cargill because they want to keep those two separate... It means that every single feud that she's been in for the women's title has been so underwhelming. I know people will talk about the fact that, oh, 
we re- when when Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa do fight off again, it should be like a main event of one of the pay per views. And I'm kind of thinking, well, this title doesn't mean a great deal. Why should that be the main event of a show when this title doesn't really mean anything? Because I think I think that mentality is strictly progressive, and they have a big enough feud, so it should. Maybe yeah. they are planning on just bringing somebody in, and it'll be like. Like how hey, got the shot at uh, right, yeah. Like Athena pops up, and you know she's. Well, yeah, the the interesting thing is that she's now in the company, and she gets the title shot, and that's just what they're going to do. Like two weeks before Revolution. I mean, you have the advantage right now that it's so early in the year that someone could come in, just win a few matches. Like you could get them tell the story of them winning a few matches on Dark and Dark Elevation, and they can get a title shot based off the back of that. But like just to have that segment on TV, it just made it so abundantly obvious that they just don't they haven't prepared anyone for that role it's almost like they wrote that segment thinking about okay so brit's going to come out and it's going to bury cleveland for a little while and talk about her um pwi awards and then we're going to get and then we'll get this person out who's that person uh and then just like stared at a wall and just went oh we don't have anyone that's uh <laughs> oh oh we've already booked the segment we've already got the time dedicated to it. i'll just send her out there then she'll just She's Brit, she'll be great on the mic, she always is, and then just move on from that point without actually knowing any consequences of that. You know what it so, reminds me of? It reminds me of Michaels holding any title, where it's like, you're glad Sean's got the belt, but he's not... Like, if you look at Michaels as any champion, he doesn't actually do anything with the belt. It's just cool that Sean was champion. And I feel like that's what Bert Baker's role is right now, where it's like, it feels like it's a big deal that she's champion because she's popular and that is their top belt for women. But if you really dissect it, there's not much there. Uh, other than that, from the AEW side of things, I mean, they're, they're adding more fuel to the inner circle breakup. Which I think they've had to adapt a little bit because Eddie Kingston's currently out injured, so... And they really should have just lost that match against Pinnacle. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, was it Kingston has a broken orbital bone at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to have to pivot a little bit, try and stretch out a little bit this Jericho's animosity with the uh, Santana Ortiz. Um, I'm looking forward to whatever the House of Black has got coming up next. That looks fun. They can't do a um, Jay Cargill against uh, Julia Hartz yeah. on Rampage, so that's interesting. Just as, I, I'm interested to see how Julia Hart kind of performs in that match. Not so much because I, like I know she's got obviously, she's, oh, yeah, obviously she's going to lose. But it'll be a case of does she show a bit more viciousness? Is she going to be a bit more, or is she going to be a bit more disorientated or something along those lines because of the transformation she's seem, seemingly going through? Um. And she's, you know, only got one eye right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we obviously talked already about the Dan Housen thing and the whole uh, actual Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole match. No, yeah, so it was fine, right? Like, yeah, it was it was a fun match. Yeah, but uh, where the where the fire truck is doesn't seem to uh, agree. With I, I, I I muted it for a little bit there because yeah, it started to get kind of crazy. Yeah. But um. I can't say that I'm particularly enamored with the way that it ended. I'm not particularly enamored by the fact that Orange Cassidy beats a guy of Cole's uh, stature. 
Yeah. And that's how I feel, too. I've already, like, beaten this to the ground. You guys know I think Adam Cole is a top, top star. And it's not that I don't think Cassidy is. It's that they had a chance to elevate him several times now. And he's just sort of the whatever guy. So I really don't see why he needed to beat Adam Cole. He's the whatever guy. It's the same approach they did with the... um... The lights out match between uh, Baker and Rosa is the fact that Baker lost the match, so they could like give give Rosa the baby face, the, the the victory at the end of the feud. But then Baker was the one that became champion immediately afterwards. They've done three lights out matches, have they? Uh, right? They did the Mox Kenny. They uh, did... They've done a, they did a well. They've done one between uh, Kenny and uh, Joey Janela as well. On that was. Ah. That was on Dark. That was like on one of the first Darks, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think they're the only ones. So, yeah, it's Paige and... Not Paige, it's uh, Omega and Moxley, Baker and Rosa, and... And each time they do the exact same rope. It's to give the other person who wins a major win while looking at the heel, or the soon-to-be heel in Omega's case, and saying... Oh, you don't have any blemish. You got nothing to worry about. And it's it's a bad trope, especially in this case, because I get that people like Orange Cassidy. I he's a fun character. He didn't need to win here. Yeah, I mean, realistically, this should pivot into Cassidy challenging for the world title or the TNT Championship, but he's not even ranked. And this match doesn't count, so he won't be ranked off the back of it. <laughs> so. The likelihood is that Cole will probably face Paige at Revolution. He'll probably lose, but he will be the guy that seems most positioned to challenge Paige at Revolution. At the, mo- at the moment, my two my two picks for Paige's op- uh, opponent at Revolution are Cole and Andrade. I'd be cool with Andrade. Even though he seems to be building something with like Darby and Sting. But I'd be alright with just like... Andrade loses to Hangman. They have a great match. You know, you can move on because I don't want I don't want Cole in the title picture until he's winning a belt mm. because, you know, you can't hurt his credibility too much. What well, actually scratch that. My choices for um, Revolution are Cole, Andrade or Punk. Because they're going to do the Punk and MJF match next week. True. Which is what they're saying. Then then there's a good possibility that the winner of that match is the guy that challenges Paige at Revolution. And they seem to have a lot of stock in like MJF just being like, I'm not going to do anything. Wardlow, you're going to win this ladder match, and then you're going to give me the belt. You're going to give me the TNT belt. Hmm. And Punk's uh, Punk's 2-0 and this year already, so he's beaten both Wardlow and uh... oh fuck, his name just escaped me for a second there. Sorry. Uh... Yeah, it's Sean Spears. So if he was to beat MJF next week, then he goes 3-0, which is the same uh, as what uh, Archer and Cole are. So he'd almost certainly be ranked at that point. Or does Archer beat Hangman in the Texas Deathmatch? And even though I hate this philosophy. And then it becomes, well, now that you beat him in the non-title Deathmatch, beat him in a regular match for the belt. Wasn't the, uh, isn't the Deathmatch... Isn't it for the title? title? Oh, I don't think so. Archer's, Archer's ranked. He can fight for the title. I just assumed that it was for the title. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, it, it should be, but... 
right. <coughs> I mean, cool. uh, Paige, Paige will win that match anyway, so it doesn't really matter either way. But I, I think that it's yeah. At the, at the moment, I'm not super sure about the direction for a lot of things for Revolution, even though the shows week to week have still been good. I just yeah. At the moment, I couldn't tell you they cram too at, much shit on yeah. on TV. At the moment, I can tell you who Paige's opponent, Baker's opponent, Guevara's opponent, uh, Jung, uh, Jurassic Express's opponent, Jade Cargill's opponent, or literally any of their champions. I don't know who they'd be facing at Revolution. And, if, and, if, Kingston, and, yeah, and if Kingston isn't, isn't back uh, healthy at that point, I can't even tell you what Jericho is doing at Re- Revolution either. So. Okay, but Jericho against Hangman. But Jericho gets thing, wins. Yeah, the only thing that I feel confident about what's going to happen at Revolution is Moxley versus Danielson, but that's about it, really. You know, let, let Jericho get some singles wins, let him beat, let Hangman get his win back from the first all-out, and you can move on from there. I guess we're going to, next week or so, that's going to be a rush of setting I mean, up a lot of those 45 things. 45 things set up for Revolution. <laughs> right. And... And we give them, I or at least I do, give them leeway because the shows are good. But there is a sense of like, and here's this next big boom. Now look over here. There's flying pigs. It's like, look, <laughs> you know, now look over here. Yeah. There's so much happening. And it's like, y'all got to chill. You just started three years ago. It's just a little airborne. It's still good. It's still good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we will figure out that stuff as it happens. And then, of course, we'll talk about that on the hot tags down the line. But those are the hot tags heading into SmackDown tonight. Something might change for the Royal Rumble. And if it does, we will update the page on SmartGuyMoment.com and tell you about any of those changes that do happen. If they announce people or if a, a match gets added or changed or anything along those lines. So stay tuned for that. And tomorrow, Royal Rumble is happening. Live coverage on SmartGuyMoment.com. Live uh, pay-per-view point post-show podcast happening, I'm assuming, around 11. I'm assuming that that's probably when they're going to be ending. But if you are subscribed and you ring that little notification bell, then you'll know when we go live because it'll send you an email alert. So make sure that you are following us on Facebook and Twitter at Smart Moment. Check out the Patreon. Hit the little join button and do the members-only type content, the dark cast and the uh, Pick a Poison tier and all that stuff. Pick up the merchandise on TeePublic and Redbubble. Follow the Fanboys Anonymous stuff that we mentioned earlier. If there's any more stuff about The Rock and the video game stuff, maybe we'll do a little bonus features or something over there. And uh, follow me at Tony Mango and follow Rob at Dude Felice. Yeah, check me out at Dude Felice everywhere. Check out Fightful. Check out Fightful Select. Sean is on location in St. Louis, so there's going to be a lot of news, I'm sure, over on Fightful Select. And we will keep bringing that to you. But as far as my personal stuff... Yeah, it's at Dude Felice everywhere, and I always appreciate the support. Now I toss you over to Kellen Wiggins. Yep, and you can find me at Wigmeister14 over on Twitter. And yeah, always, as per usual, check out the uh, smartcomoment.com website. Check out all of the articles, all the weekly stuff that's going out on there. But if you have to prioritize one in your busy day, then make sure the power ranking is the one that you visit. I'll be putting out the latest edition prior to the Royal Rumble, so you get to see who's highly positioned at the point that the Rumble takes place. And then next week, you will have to imagine that whoever wins both the Rumble matches will be very high up on the uh, positioning there. So stay tuned for all of that. Anything else happens, you know where to find it. 
So hopefully you guys have a great Friday. Hopefully we are talking to you tomorrow and having a great Royal Rumble day. And uh, we'll see you then. But for now, this has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out.